Welcome back to another episode of Trent Talk Talk, where we investigate the Trent Talk disappearance. Last week, we exhausted our supply of original resources regarding the Trent Talk disappearance. So this week, I'd like to change topics and discuss Bjork's role in... New audio file pertaining to Trent Talk disappearance discovered. Peggy, is that true? Yeah, dog. I found some new data. Initiating stream. Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide. To America's greatest treasure. Who, what was that? Now noise? that we've got our vocal warm-ups out of the way. Me, 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 me. Oh, I thought you were doing another. Oh, you're looking for the turn the fan on the fan. Oh, you're looking for the turn the fan on the fan. Oh, you're looking for the turn the fan on the fan. If you want to bring it over, bring it over tonight. The world that circles around me can benefit from this. Okay, 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 okay. Infowars.com. Yas. It started over, though, because I said a thing. You're listening to Trend Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure, Trent, Trent Reznor. Reznor. What, are we, what are we doing today, Claire? <laughs> Oops, I started. <laughs> today we're talking about how I transformed into a pig this week. Um, we're discussing Halo 25 question mark. I think, you know what? And, uh, let's, ask, let's ask the wiki. Halo, <laughs> Halo 25. You nailed it. I nailed it. You no-scoped it. I no-scoped it. And, uh, yeah, came out in, uh, in uh, <laughs> 2007. <laughs> and it's a bunch of remixes that a bunch of dudes and ladies did for um, Year Zero. So join us as we analyze music and quest for answers in this post-apocalyptic soundscape. Y three four R Z three R O that's zero R M one X three D As it's properly known. Yeah. Alright, so we're gonna strap on those gloves. We're gonna go back into the ring for strap another on those round. Strap ons. We're gonna strap it all on. Strap everything on. But take it all off. I mean not what you've strapped on, but everything else. Take it off. Take it strap off. Strap it on. Strap it on. It's gunshots by computer. Hold on to your butt. Are you looking for the truth for another fight? If you want to give me what I want, then give it up tonight. Freedom ain't looking for the, ain't looking for the fight. If you want to give me what I want, then give it up tonight. The world that circles around me can benefit from silence. Um. This song is my enemy. Watch and with that, we understand now why mainstream America is afraid of poetry. I have a hard time not singing along. It's it's kind of infectious, right? But and I don't want. It's wanna, also like so abrasive. Like my, I don't even want to sing along the way that I would sing along to a song that I know the words to either. Like I want to sing along with my whole heart. It's it's a mantra. Yeah. Lynchburg, throw down. You would. That's not even so you would. By computer. So that, of course, is the voice of Saul Williams, yeah. with whom Trent Reznor had begun collaborating on their future album, The Inevitable Rise and Liberation of Nikki Tardos, which I think I dropped in 08. 
I love it. When I first heard this, it was like I, I couldn't stand it. I think it, I'm not sure if it was my first exposure to Saul Williams, but like he dedicates to this. He's like, all right, I'm going to do a word for every single beat. I liked it. It's one of his specialties. He does like super machine gun vocals. And I think it's really effective. It took me a while to really like this song, but I fucking like this song. Mm -hmm. And just like that, we're one fourteenth of the way through. <laughs> Hallelujah. Coming up next, The Great Destroyer by Mod Wheel Mood. Everything gets written down. Just in case it could be watching Oh. This is actually uh, remixed by Alessandro Cortini. Yeah. Who we may know from the all that could have been to her? No. Who's that other guy? Uh, Eminem. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Alessandro and Eminem. I just read Enemies and Immigrants. Pele is... Pele! So, yes. It's a pretty standard mix of The Great Destroyer. Oh, it's getting good right here. It's a little deeper. So, did you originally know that the lyric is to murder everything? Uh, no, I did not. Like, I've known it for a while, but I feel like there was a moment, and before that, it was just like... Like, I can't tell you what I thought the lyric was, because I don't know, but... It had to have just been some nonsense, like, to model everything, or... To muddle everything? I like to muddle everything, really... The That's, yeah, you got to slap the mint at first to get those essential oils out into the beverage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't need to slap the mint if you're also going to muddle it. But Why you do one or the other. Um, I mean, do what you want to do. It took me a really long time, again, to... I kind of shied away from the Great Destroyer at first. It made you feel shy, yeah? It did. That's exactly... That's why I was named this. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds weird. It's, it's almost a ballad. And, yeah, Trent's singing in this really vulnerable place, but he's totally in character. But looking back on it now, it, the, pretty much the whole album revolves around this great destroyer. You mm -hmm. know, like the whole concept of the apocalypse, the end times, and then government control and terror. And so, yeah, this is, this is the dude who unleashes whatever destructive force causes Year Zero. The reset. Of all time. I always thought that it was like a... Like a 1984 thing where he's like the main character and he's like, I'm going to rebel, but I got to do it on the DL so I don't get shot in the back of the head. I think metaphorically that's that's totally valid. Like, the Great Destroyer is inside all of us. But in like the lore of Year Zero... Yeah, I, haven't, I still haven't read it. I still haven't read it. In the lore of Year Zero, this yeah. is the dude that unleashes the red horse vector that makes you bleed from your eyes and explode. Spoiler alert! Drop in some knowledge. <laughs> and some mic stands. <laughs> I like that. 
I think it's, it's this is more of a loungy mix to the end of the world. I just like that he mixed listen to the apathy. The first time I heard that, I was like, it's wrong, but it's so good. Like, it's wrong to the That's original. definitely an Alessandro line. Sorry, I keep interrupting the music. What, can we see the official my page, MySpace page for Mod Wheel Movements? Oh my god. I thought you would never ask. Is it still up? It's still up! It's because all MySpace is now is a music thing. Okay, we might need to take a quick intermission to listen to Mod Wheel Mod, Alessandro Cortini, and Friend, who are LA. still recording tracks in LA. Let's give a quick listen. This one's called Scared of Everyone. where we discuss music other than Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> Can we do that? No, we're fucking shackled to this thing for another, like, six months. Can we do that? No, we're not allowed. No, that'd be awesome. We've made a deal with the devil. And we've got, we've got to see this through. There's no way we can give this up at this point. I mean, we, oh, I'm not yawning. I'm just changing the pitch of my voice. I mean, we can't... We wouldn't just stop this podcast. We should do a podcast about the music. Because so that's I mod wheel mood. I quickly lost interest in putting together the piggyback playlist. Easy to do. You follow I mean, I it's love like working out. I love making the playlist. It's just like talking about them. I was like, how do I make this interesting? I don't. I mean, there's the trivia game that I lose. Yeah, but. Uh. All right. Let's make those donuts. Come inside. You have to sleep with us. Deal. My, oh, okay. This one I like, actually. <laughs> so this is My Violent Heart, as remixed by Nine Inch Nails fan, Pirate Robot Midget. Not an actual established remix artist, just a fan who submitted this to remix.nin.com. Mm -hmm. And Trent Reznor fell in love with it so hard, he insisted it go on the album. Is it tasty? I like it. You like the taste? I like how crunchy it is. It's got that aggro heart vibe to it. Or what did... I was reading a pitchfork. Oh, review. God. I just try to find the worst lines. The trend aping remixer. That's pretty bad. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah. It absolutely nails the power farting guitar aesthetic across its rousing seven and a half minutes. I don't know if anything can be rousing for seven and a half minutes, you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm sure that people who love Pitchfork aren't used to anything longer than three minutes. I'm saying your content sucks, and you're bad at sex. Yeah, he's uh, making ample use of that sawtooth wave. That's why it sounds like an alarm clock. We will be there. So do real bands actually maintain MySpace pages still? Um, I mean, I I think so. Is that like, is that a career option? I mean, go I'm to a MySpace, MySpace page specialist. Go to MySpace and look up Nine Inch Nails. Done and done. I just hope it redirects to like nineinchnails.com or echoing the sound. Nope, here it is. Yep, the verified official page of Nine Inch Nails. You know, not the ugliest page of all time. I guess MySpace wants you to scroll sideways now. Yeah, it's been a thing for a bit. Ah, uh, poor Trent. What? He added all of his albums and got like one favorite. <laughs> I feel a lot better now. What about what? Better about what? Here's Lady Tron. Down on your knees, you'll be left behind. This is the beginning. Watch what you think, they can reach your mind. This is the beginning. I got my mark, see it in my eyes. This is the beginning. My reflection and Are you just getting lost in the MySpace page? I'm kind of surprised at the quality of this MySpace biography. Like, it goes on and on. Like, normally I'm used to... It's probably copy and pasted. From where, though? Because, like, I'm used to Nine Inch Nails biographies cutting off at about 2,000. Well, in book form, yeah. But not on an online biography that's, like, hosted by the artist. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? I love how wrong this is. Um, in early 2007, Nine Inch Nails resumed touring, this time in Europe. A viral marketing campaign began when USB keychains that contained new songs were found in restrooms during Nine Inch Nails shows. These contained new songs. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, these keychains also contained a noisy audio file that, when run through a spectrum analyzer, drew an audio wave in the shape of a phone number. That's pretty wrong, right? No, Brandon was talking about that. How some audio files also gave us phone numbers. Is that? Wait. I thought I thought it was My Violent Heart and you had the wah, 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 yeah, that drove the through hand, the picture of the hand. They also got phone numbers and How you, you listen to voicemails. I don't know. Listen back to our own episode. Where Brandon oh, wait, wait. Check this out. Yeah. Um, 
the MySpace biography actually gives a nod to Ninwiki. Um, the phone numbers were answering machines filled with conspiracy theories. There were fake websites strewn across the net, and busy internet, internet forums and wikis appeared to theorize about and document it all. The big payoff appeared in April when the dystopian concept album Year Zero arrived. Mm-hmm. And then a remix album, which Trent Reznor distributed, I think, completely free. Let me see. It was, oh, leaked, oh, it was leaked to peer-to-peer Kat. torrent sites on November 14th mm-hmm. and released as a digital download. I think it was a pay-what-you-want type Yeah, thing. it was. Oliver came in to block on everything. Armageddon, you cannot escape the main riff of Closer. Mm-hmm. So that, I, think, I think that was beginning of the end. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Do Lady you like Tron. Ladytron? Do you know their music much? Yeah, I'm very familiar with I, I enjoy them quite a bit. Yeah. They're almost like a perfect fusion between... Trent Reznor and Bjork and Bjork the conspiracy how have I never noticed this they're like they're like a genetic they are seriously the halfway point between Nine Inch Nails and Bjork just the perfect level of androgyny especially that Asian looking dark dark hair yeah and then like ethnic ambiguity (laughs) like and then and then yeah even their music like it's got more blips and bloops than your typical Nine Inch Nails but then it's got like kind of more grit and dark themes than most Bjorn. It's it's right in them. It's it is the happy medium. Oh my God! What are we listening to? The angsty medium. <laughs> um, we're listening to survivalism, also with Salt Williams. I like this remix a whole lot. To shut her Everything's fine. Mm, I don't think that was even picked up. All right, shall we speak? Please. Um, I like how it kind of sounds like the song is farting. Yeah, it's got it's got kind of an upset tummy tone in the background there. Mm-hmm. But then clapping, like I don't, I don't understand the message that you're trying to send me. It's got a real stripped down feel to it. I don't have anything. <laughs> Did you know that in the radio edit of survivalism, the word whore is edited out? Yeah, I mean. Which means our mother nature is a bore. 
They probably didn't do anything. Probably just took the. Man, do you remember how stupid? Just I'm just thinking back to the days. Like I made the mistake of buying a couple CDs from Walmart as a teen. Ugh, the anger that hey, ensued. Been, been there, dude. I bought CDs from eBay. And and the the shitty thing was, and I'm sure this happens in every generation. Like there used to be like the like the penny record club or whatever, right? Like you would mm-hmm. you'd subscribe and pay like a nickel a month and just get random music, which mm-hmm. is pretty much what I was doing. I would go, I would find something I thought I liked on eBay, and then it's like, holy shit, three dollars for a whole CD, <laughs> done. And then these CDs would show up at my house, and I'd be like, oh, this is pretty bad. Yeah. I think one of my best bad finds was, um, did you know Slash from Guns N' Roses had a solo album? I wish I didn't know that. It was called Slash's Snake Pit. Oh, good. So what'd you get from Walmart? I don't remember. Um, But I do remember back when I would get, like, things in the mail from, like, Columbia Records, and then I would order CDs and then not pay for them. And they couldn't do anything about it because I was 12. You're an original gangster music pirate. And I would get shit like Jay-Z, Mystical. <laughs> so I wasn't o- I wasn't only 12 <laughs> when I was doing this. But I was 12 when I did it the first time. Uh, yeah. Mystical probably has Maybe. my favorite. Lyrical, spiritual. Oh, my God. Just dropping some yeah. sick gorillas. You, yeah. That's 2004 fresh beats. Every like white dude listening to this just shit themselves. They're like, man, I love karaoke and that song. Yeah, it is. Upset- I like to rap it, it to that song. It is upsettingly prevalent in karaoke halls nationwide. Um. Oh, good. I'm really happy that this is the song that I get to talk over and finish my sweet story about Mystical. I'm ready. Mystical has the favorite. The Oh my god. Mystical has my favorite song lyric of all time. In the song Shake Your Ass. Watch Yourself. Yeah. The song opens. All of a sudden my mouth is very wet. I need to swallow some saliva. The song opens with the line, I came here with my dick in my hand. Don't make me live here with my foot in your ass. Be cool. Just picturing... The physical contortions necessary for that. Maintaining one's dick on one's one one's dick in one's hand mm-hmm. while inserting one's foot in another's ass. And I like that the edited version is I came here with my mic in my hand. That's incredible. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh that song is choice. Dude, that so that was the, that was the whole payoff is the bad radio edit. And that yeah. Yeah, it's good. I love that you were that you brought us all the way there. I thank did. You. I, thank you for coming along. With I me. came here with my mic in my hand. Don't, Don't make, make me leave you with my, my foot, foot in your. In your face. Be cool. It's just my foot in your. Be cool. Wait, no, is it? Probably. Be cool. Yeah, that's just be cool. Came here with my dick in my hand. Don't make me leave you with my foot in your ass. Be cool. Isn't and then you just like up kind of with your dick in your hand, like not a flattering way to enter a room. And then after, well, and then after all that, he just like mumbles the rest of the song. 
swear about him. I don't even know what he says at that point. I'm just like, I'm just waiting for the chorus now, and I cannot wait to turn up to it. Shake your ass. Drop the bomb. This, of course, is the remix of Capital G by Epworth Phones, Captain. Mm. Set feelers to fabulous. Oh, my. Feelers? Phaser? Phasers. I should have let it go. Are you, an, are, you a, are you a Star Trek person? <laughs> are you an yeah. original series person? No. No, no, no. But I do like to say set phasers to stunning. I want to make a little pin that says that. Um, are stunner shades still a thing? Is that a phrase anyone would use? Uh, are they like the ones with the little blinds? Those are the, like the Kanye shades from like yeah, the 2007. Lines. I mean, I have a pair if that's what you're asking. Are those, those are shutter shades. I don't know. I thought stunner shades were just really big, really dark glasses you would wear because you were like still high from the rave last night. Oh, probably. This is all. Listen, I'm a very white, very white girl, and, and while I do Midwestern. know things, hey, the mid we party in the Midwest. Don't even act like we well, don't. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing to do, so you guys go fucking crazy. Truth. Um, what was the original question? Yes, I like Star Trek. Uh, who's your captain? I like that you're asking me this purely for the show because you know the answer to these questions. Um, obviously, my favorite captain is Jane. Jane? My favorite captain is Picard. I'm not a monster. Picard is pretty much the right answer. I mean... Only because like, the original series is too problematic and I, I'm not going to touch it. I could say my favorite captain is... Benjamin Sisko, but he spends most of that series as a commander and not a captain. Later, he does become a captain, but not until season seven or so. Oh, wait, this is, this is yeah, good. that's on. good. That just feels good. I enjoy that a lot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Benjamin Sisko, like, he was a little bit more layered than, like, Picard was like, so they had, like, their total brash, dashing, like, super macho, gung-ho, Americana, you know, Davy Crockett type captain, Kirk, of course. Um, and then they sort of pivoted with the next generation and said, like, all right, we're going to have an intellectual, moral, you know, sort of reserved like thoughtful captain who's is this uh an episode of trek talk you're listening to trek talk your uh, enterprise by enterprise guide <laughs> to america's greatest starship to the universe's greatest treasure the alpha quadrant's uh, greatest galaxy class starship all right if you're a trekkie what, no, what is the, I don't know technicalities. Don't even what's the there. call sign of the Enterprise? 
the call sign. NCC 0701. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Which I think was, it had to have just been an incidental thing. They painted on the prop, and then, like, it became canon. I, um, I had to go to a comic book shop with an ex so that he could buy that fucking thing. The, the one, Enterprise? the new one when the 2009 movie came out. Into darkness. He needed an Enterprise, I guess. The J.J. Abrams gritty reboot Enterprise, no less. Yeah. That's the end of Trent Reznor is like the gritty. He's like the gritty reboot of himself. Think about it. <laughs> I'm just thinking about his chin neck. Oh my god. Yeah, I wonder what he was looking like in 2007. Let's pull up some photos. By the way, just googling Trent Reznor at any time, and anytime, anywhere, it'll brighten your day. Yeah. Like you will see new sides of him you didn't know existed. I googled yeah. Trent Reznor image search and came across like all these articles about him. I, I even found photos that like I couldn't even prove were him. Oh my okay. god! I should. I'll, I'll add him to the page. Anyway, uh, Trent Reznor, 2007. It's all. Oh yeah, I think this stuff. is yeah. This is when he kind of like he curled up into a leather jacket cocoon for most <laughs> most of 2007. Gets and then cold he, and, and then he became a cat. I think he. Oh yeah, he he grew his bangs out, so he went from like meathead baldness to swishy bangs almost. Yeah, that little. Oh yeah, that's, that that is some quality Trent. Yeah. Good yeah, lord. Mm. And yeah, his chin is defined again. I think he maybe went with these high collar jackets. Because of his little neck mishap. Oh, neck yeah. gate. Oh, baby trend. Oh, wow. Describe what you're looking at. This I think it's got to be like a 14-year-old Trent <laughs> wearing like a three-piece suit. And his a face is so long and flat looking. Oh, yeah. It almost looks like a sim. That's the thing. He has like almost, yeah, he has like a sim face <laughs> or like an elvish face. His plum like, bob is very yellow in that photograph. Oh, man. That's precious. And he's, he's also sitting in, like, the Reading Rainbow Library. It's, like, a perfectly out-of-focus 70s photo. Oh, my God. Take a look. It's in, in a, a book. book. Reading Rainbow. I was going to think of something else, but nothing oh. happened. Um, yeah, sometimes you just got to go with uh, gotta go with plan A. <laughs> unless you get pregnant, ladies. Or unless you have unprotected sex, go with plan B. Your mouth can't get pregnant, girls. Neither can your skin. That comes from Tina Fey. Huh? That's that's one of her bits of advice to young women. Girls, your mouth can't get pregnant. I didn't, I've never heard that. That's funny. It, it is extremely funny. We're about funny things on Trend Talk. Wait, what? That's what we do. Oh my god, and Trent Reznor on Splash Mountain. Oh, there she is. Oh, God, the person behind him, too. Yeah, that's got to be part of the Trent Tourage. I think, oh, right here, isn't that, um, isn't that Rob Sheridan back there? Uh, no, I don't it think so. It might be Alan Mulder. But then who, who is this? Foxy Black uh, this Lady. Foxy Black, yeah, who's uh, with a, a very flattering tank top. So much know. mystery in this photo. We need to recreate that photo. 
We you do. realize that. I'll be the guy behind. Trump. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to fight you for that, but I think it'd be funnier. Yeah. So this is Vessel, remixed by Bill as well. Oh. Bill Laswell. Bill Laswell. Bill uh, as well. I like in the Splash Mountain picture that he's holding on cautiously. He's not an arms up in the air like you just don't care kind of person. And like I'm not either. I respect that. Keep your arms where they are comfortable. I mean, like, not that put, not that holding onto a thing with your hands is going to save you from like exiting the vessel and falling to your death. But it just feels right. Yeah, I mean, shoot, it's hard to say. Yeah, it, it is. It's a bigger rush throwing your arms up, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably why I don't do it. I'm a scared of heights. You hate fun. I hate fun. It's the worst band of all time. Can I make one note about the Trent Reznor? So uh, no, you may not make a single note about Trent Reznor on this podcast. Um, Pitchfork's review describes Bill Laswell as an avant-garde bass legend. That's it. That's all I had. I don't really know anything about the guy, but avant-garde. Avant-garde, which has got to be one of their favorite adjectives. Because that's the only thing those fucking hipsters. Fuck regular guard. <sighs> it's avant-garde or nothing. I hate. I don't even. I can't even start saying hipsters because I don't believe in the whole anti-hipster movement or even in the hipster movement. But yeah, I mean, we're all just like people, man. But the writers for Pitchfork are intentionally terrible. Never in my life have I ever been like, oh, I want to listen to this album, but I would rather hear what some vapid fuckface like living in his on his parents salary fucking thinks about this album first even though we have vastly different tastes in music probably all right i'm gonna i'm gonna roll the dice and just go to a random sentence in the pitchfork media review of year zero remix Ladytron and New Order's Gilbert and Morris dutifully tweak their keyboards, respectively tuning the beginning of the end and God Given, into potential Violator-era Depeche Mode B-sides. But the faint figure out the limits of Trent's funkiness the hard way, with their squelching take on Meet Your Master. So, I mean, in that sentence, we have, like, seven or eight name drops. Right. And comparisons to, like, so many different things. And the... Okay, this sentence. But the faint figure out the limits of... Funkiness the hard way. That doesn't mean anything. What do you mean by that? It's How do they learn something the hard way? That's the thing. How it, do they figure it out? The limits. We don't know if those are the limits. The writing in Pitchfork is always tell, not show. It's always wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know what I'm talking you about. You know what I'm saying. No, I don't know what you're saying. That sentence literally makes no sense in the context of this situation. Now I want to do it. I want to play. I want to pick a sentence. All right. Spin so that wheel. All right. Oh, I found the sentences Bill are also fucking long. Yeah, I saw like 
Ricardo Villalobos, but I thought Villalobos was a word as I was scrolling, and I was super excited, but it's not. So I want to pick a new one. No, I don't want that. Sentence. Oh, no, but that's perfect, though, because it's another comparison to a totally other thing. Dreiger. I don't know how to say that guy's name. Olaf Dreiger. Relegates Reznor's whispering vocals to the periphery. Semicolon. It comes off like a pulsing Ricardo Villalobos remix of The Knife with subtle... T- I can't fucking do it. It doesn't come off like a pulsing anything, dude. It's a fucking song. With subtlety, finger snaps, and subversive low-end intact. Ugh. Did he mean impact? Probably. But again... Meanwhile, eternally unsettling chamber innovations... Innovators, the Kronos Quartet managed to convey much of Reznor's Zero Vision without a trace of his scraping vocal. He's just like trying so hard for alliteration and drives me up the fucking wall. Oh no, my favorite thing about Pitchfork is like you can read all this like kind of flowery purple prose about an artist and you can have no idea whether the writer likes the music or not. Yeah, oh here we go, oh here we go. But best remix honors go to the ambient guitar genius Kristen Finez, who successfully bridges the gap between his own staticky compositions and Reznor's more brutal noise with a Z palette, soothing out the post-explosion ballads in this, in this twilight. Like, oh wait, back up. This remixer is blending his style with Trent Reznor's style? No, that doesn't ever happen in a remix. I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> it's it's pretty awful. How much angst? Now everybody, you can turn your headphones back. You the angst of a tone-deaf, privileged child Ryan named Ryan. Dumball, more like Dumball, am I right? <laughs> who compensates for his lack of artistry in words by giving Year Zero a remix a 5.8. Which has got to be the most useless rating. 5.8 what out of five what? Point, what does 5.8 tell you? What does the point eight say? Yeah, can you just Is it 5.8 out of 6, out of 7, 8, 9, or 10? I like the Siskel and Ebert method. They had some balls, you know, like two thumbs up. Right. One thumb up. Right. Two thumbs down. Right. That's it. No one thumb down? What? Oh, that's one thumb up. <laughs> My bad. That is the pessimist take. What about <laughs> what about sideways thumb? Like a eh, okay, eh. that that is the birth of the pitchfork philosophy. Is like yeah. what if it's like kind of good? What if my thumb is at like two thirty? I just my like thumb my is thumb at a five point three. It's not quite at a two o'clock. No. It's more of like a two thirty. Like it's in between the two and three. It's not a five point nine. It's not a 5.7. It's fucking not a 6, I tell you what. But it's Don't even better get me than a 5 and a half. Six. Uh, you know the you difference between this album and a 6? A fucking pitchfork review of a 6. That sentence was pitchfork worthy. It was terrible. But um, I mean, probably the, the most vile and craven insult leveled at Reznor in this Pitchfork mm-hmm. review mm-hmm. is that he says Reznor's formula hasn't changed all that much in the last 15 years. Um, have you listened to literally any Nine Inch Nails song ever in your life? And here's where reading Pitchfork goes from like 
just hate reading a specific piece to like developing a personal grudge against a writer. <laughs> you ever I'm do that? There. I mean, I'm already there. I seems, hate this guy. It seems guy. like no matter what happens, whenever I, whenever is... I read a pitchfork, oh my god, why did he feel the need to review David Bowie's Heroes? No, I don't. In 2016, that literally. It it's a ten. Of course, it's a ten. Do, yeah, I mean, what are you gonna fucking do? Uh, and did he really like? Is Drake a five point eight? Six point eight. Wow. Mm, all right. Exactly. And one. you know what? Uh, Black Star. Black Star is an 8.5. What did he give Run the Jewels? This will determine oh, wait, everything. Because you're going to give David Bowie a good rating. He's fucking David Bowie. Run the Jewels oh. got a cat emoji. A cat with heart eye emoji. Totally, okay. totally giving credibility to your rating system. Listen, there. I'm... Oh, because Oh, this is the cat one. Meow the Jewels. Never mind. So it's a joke review. <laughs> I'm so clever. I have this great idea, you guys. Instead of a number. But Meow the Jewels isn't really about music at all, semicolon. Instead, it's a major milestone in the cat's slow but inevitable climb to the status of hip-hop's favorite animal. In the 90s, I grew up with Snoop Doggy Dog, his grace and ease in life, and on record, always seem more cat-like anyway. And DMX, I can't, I can't, I can't. Wait, he accuses DMX of overcompensating. He says DMX espousing canine superiority. It was a particularly masculine and perhaps, um, overcompensating. If you're going to put the word um in your music review, just do me a favor and uh, stab yourself in the eyes. Um, kill yourself. I don't disagree, though, with... DMX being ridiculous. A hot chip. Gonna say that's a 10. 7.3. No. Oh, I man. Say, nobody gives hot chip a 10. I mean, they're well, good. Pitchfork would do that. Clark. Best new music. Alright, enough of bagging on this dude. What did he give Michael Jackson? Just out of curiosity. Okay, wait. Michael. How, why is he reviewing. I don't know. Wait, oh, top, 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 top. Very top. It, like, literally oh, top. Off the wall. Best new reissue. Ten. So apparently if... Because you're if not going to give... That that album is not a ten. And, like, I'm sorry, but neither is Heroes. Heroes is a great album. It's not a fucking ten. You're such a fucking brown noser. The song Heroes is, like, maybe perfect. The song Heroes is beautiful. I'm not even shitting on Heroes, man. Ain't no Diamond Dogs. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I like Diamond Dogs a lot, actually. Dude, yeah, that, that album cover, like, I was so scared to buy it. Like, I, <laughs> I would go to music stores back when there were music stores. Remember those? And I would look at... Sam oh, Goody? I would always flip through the David Bowie section and be like, the fuck is up with this Diamond Dogs thing? It, like, it was burned into my mind. We had a picture of the Heroes album art. But instead of white, it was silver. It was like a, it was like a, a black velvet painting, and then the white was this like silver thread. My mother loved David Bowie, obviously. It was pretty great. I like that you're scrolling through the internet and not listening because you would have reacted. I feel like to a velvet silver painting of David Bowie. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> so it was like a black light painting. Oh, just a velvet. It was velvet artwork before ICP came and made everything glow in the dark. Miracles. 
All right. You want to talk about Ladytron? Is that what you're doing? Um, I'm just trying to dig up uh, some more context. So, uh, some more uh, primary Oh, yeah. They sources. opened for Nine Inch Nails. Fuck. When you, that would have been when amazing. When you saw them? Oh, no. No. Not when you saw them. God damn it. So here's an interview with Ladytron by Francois Duchateau for Synthesizer Magazine in German. How did you react when TR asked you to support Nine Inch Nails on the tour? Am I the lady, Tron? Go ahead. It was a bit of shock, but it was fantastic. We had heard rumors about Trent being a fan of ours, but we were never sure. We had already booked a few dates, but this opportunity was brilliant. Trent even asked us to come to Japan and Australia, but we had already scheduled recording our new album. Okay, just record it Where later. are they from? Record it later. Um, lady right. Tr- lady Tron, I think, is British. Oh, okay. Are you gonna... How do things go with... How do things go with Trent? <laughs> Everything was great. Oh, yeah. They're British. <laughs> I was like, Pacific Northwest. <laughs> you kind of default to Valley Girl. No, that's not Valley Girl. That's NPR. Give, give me NPR. This is NPR. That's, that's Valley Girl. No. I'm Lex. Um, like, obviously, this is Valley Girl. There's a I'm huge Robert difference. I'm Robert Siegel. <laughs> this is NPR. No, that's not NPR. This is, uh, I, I lost it. Okay, uh, everyone was really nice. I can't. Have you ever had, like, a moment in your life where you forgot how to do a British accent? Because that's where I am at right now. Shit, now you're making me forget how to do a British Everybody accent. Everybody was very nice. Trent is a cool guy. When we joined them in London, he came over to our room and gave us a copy of his new album. In addition to that, he asked us if we wanted to make a remix and that we could pick any song we wanted. We chose T-B-O-T-E. <laughs> T-Boat. We chose T-Boat. T-Boat. <laughs> How do you like Nine Inch Nails? I've always liked them. Back in the P- Pretty Hate Machine era, I was a huge fan, and when I heard of this opportunity, I kind of freaked out. It was similar to remixing Dave Gahan. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I thought for sure she was going to say Dave Matthews. I did too! I did too! I got to Dave, and I was like, oh no, no, no! <laughs> no, it felt more intense, because we were at the shows this time. And talk about their forthcoming. This is a really, really long one. Do you want to try it? Yeah. All right, here we go. Did you learn anything while on tour with Nine Inch Nails? I think we did. Since Nine Inch Nails is one of the most energetic live bands... No, I'm getting Australian. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You got this. Energetic live bands I've ever put shrimp on the barbie with. Let's stick with it. <laughs> I have a saw on stage. Stay down under. And just... <laughs> I can't now that I'm on the, on the pressure on the stage. On stage. And just that was quite an experience. But we also learned a lot about audience behavior. Many people had told us before that the combination with Nine Inch Nails would not work out. I thought to myself, what could be the worst thing to happen? That people won't care about us and <laughs> and throw paper cups at us? That's so pa- optimistic and beautiful. Paper cups like, adorable. one word. Will they paper throw cups? paper cups? <laughs> solos. Will they throw solos at us? We talked about it. And we agreed that Nine Inch Nails audience would be open to electronic music. Many people thought that they be more of a metal crowd but we knew it'd be different and we were right of course there always were a few who didn't care about us at all but the two had already sold that before we were adding in the lineup our fans didn't have a chance to buy tickets so we were facing it pure nine inch nails crowd but there were a lot of things that could have been coming 
I don't know why I'm going so fast. We probably were one of you new fans. That was the first time we opened for another band since our debut album six years ago. It's weird, like, being a new kid in school. Mrs. Ladytron, are you all right? Oh, wait, fuck, I couldn't... Are you all right? No, yeah, your your English accent was so good it pulled my German off target. And, and I only had, like, one line left to do. Mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails used this huge modular synth on stage. <laughs> Did you get a bit envious at times? Oh, yes. It's really difficult not to touch them. Alessandro performed with us once on one of the London nights. He joined I sh- us. I ship that, by the way. Oh, my God. Lady yes. Tron and Alessandro. <laughs> all four of them, plus Alessandro. Alessandro performed with us one night on one of the London nights. He joined us for one song, Destroy Everything You Touch. He brought another portable synth, modular, without any keys. We just plugged it in and he played some way out noise effects. That was awesome. That would be fucking awesome. The rest is a lot of technical talk about Lady Ooh, Tron's... Lady Tron. Equi- well, it was, synth- it was Synthesizer magazine. Let me hear about your equipment. Lady Tron. Please tell us about the programming in your Schwanzstücker 2.0 pedal. What is your fuck style, Lady Tron? <laughs> How do you like for making fuck? <laughs> I can't. I cannot do German accents, yeah. <laughs> Trent Reznor, take my music, please. Oh, boy. Rocker Trent Reznor doesn't pretend to know the answers to what ails the music industry, but that hasn't stopped the iconoclastic frontman for Nine Inch Nails from marching to the front lines in lockstep with British... Why would you need to say British band Radiohead? Like, who the fuck? I guess it's for CNET, so it's the internet. You never know. Um, In an assault on the traditional music business. Reznor, who made news earlier this month when he left his record label. That's true. We should make that note. <laughs> Year Zero Remixed is the last album released when Trent Reznor was on Interscope Records. I think we have some. Yeah. Yeah, he, br- he broke free and I think started releasing stuff as... Nine Nail? I mean, shit, do you know... I don't know, girl, I don't know. Yeah, we should have done a little more work. It's okay. <laughs> we'll talk about the next album when we talk about the next album. Is the next album Ghost or The Slip? Ghost. Oh, yeah, oh, I think that's God. exactly why he released oh, Ghost. God. Because he, he did have the creative freedom and financial ability to just produce, like, all this stuff. He had all this leftover material. I was like, let's just do it. Let's just put it out there. Uh, he also bashed the music industry, detailed how he persuaded performer Saul Williams to give away his latest album for free, praised Radiohead for distributing music directly to fans via the web, and indicated that instead of fighting the so-called free culture, people who share music online, he plans to embrace it. Personally, I'd like... Shit, what's... How do I do resonance? Personally, I like people to support artists. No, it's, it's like nasal. After all, we as artists... It's like nasal, my, but abrupt. This is my... This is my... That's your resonance. You, you find your resonance. This is my resignation. No. Please don't tender your resignation. <laughs> After all, we as artists dedicate to our lives producing the best music we can. Oh, I need one of those, like... Can this thing turn my voice down? This oh, you mean a like a pitch, a pitch shift? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a mixer. Can I fuck with my voice? Well, I mean, here I can. Here I'll pause the track, mm-hmm. and then we'll just get your voice clean. Oh, and then we'll do it. Yeah. In the, okay. So okay. yeah, here you go. Okay. Personally, I'd like to support artists. After all, we as artists dedicate our lives to producing the best music we can. 
It's been a painful process for me personally to see the changes in the music industry, but should I be angry at the audience that wants to hear music so much, an audience that is so passionate about hearing it they go online and get it two weeks before the music debuts? No. I want them to be that way. And two weeks? Try six months, buddy. I get that shit so fast. And then... I always draw this contrast. Every time he says anything positive about piracy, he is now the chief creative Uh, officer for Apple Music and said, stop stealing our stuff, YouTube. Yep, 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 yep. yep. It's 2016, man. Times have a changing. we're back with Me, I'm Not. Times have a changing by that song by What's His Face. Times they have a changing. (laughs) Times be a changing. Them times, they done a change. The times are over, man. It's done. If you talk about the New York Times. I... No. Reznor has become a revolutionary figure to the file-sharing community. A video appeared recently at YouTube that, sh- <laughs> that showed him doing a con- during a concert performance lamenting the high prices of CDs. Fans whipped it up when Reznor said to go ahead and feel his music. Mm-hmm. Which, we're gonna do I, I think we pulled that clip before, right? Yep. Steal it, steal it, steal it. Just keep right on stealing. Mm-hmm. And that's the fucking thing, is like, artists don't make fucking money off of you buying their CDs. That's not how that works. All right. Bresner, 42, said that the music industry is spinning its wheels trying to fight that perception. He said that, in the future, songs can be a way to entice fans to buy concert tickets and merchandise. Merchandise! And he recognized that this may be how musicians make their living. By golly, Sonny, step right up, step right up. Get this record for free. Oh, I love this, what's coming up. He has recently produced an album for Williams, a rapper, filmmaker, spoken word artist. I don't know. That's a pretty good. Author, that's a pretty poet. good triple threat there. He's rapper, a, filmmaker, spoken word artist. He's a rapper, poet, or er, yeah. Author, I think poet. poet is a lot more accurate than rapper. But he's black, so you know. Yeah. Close enough, right? Isn't poetry racist, like asshole. always just like rap? I mean, isn't rap always just like poetry? No, actually, lots of rap is not poetry. But lots of rap is, kids. So eat your vitamins and write those raps. Hey. uh... This is apropos of nothing, but David Cross has a new special on Netflix, and it's really good. Um, and he has this phrase that I haven't seen on any of the social medias, but it's pretty fantastic. It's, hey guys, blue lives murder. <laughs> we're not. Even though I kind of botched the delivery there. No. All right, we're not going there. Can't go there. I can't go there. I'm not Radiohead is one of Radio has one of my favorite bands. When they announced they were releasing their album for free, I got dozens of text messages. It gave me goosebumps. It was an exciting way to sell a record. Text messages give Reznor goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, it's exciting to get attention. Wait, what the fuck? They start talking about this thing called Musicane? I think that was a distribution system that existed for maybe like three weeks. Um, oh, here's here are those those deep finger snaps they were talking about. That's how gay people clap. That's how you know he's liking it, or she, or they. Z or cow. Zay loving it. This is putting me to sleep. Legit, like between this and the whole business talk. 
and this delicious beer, Back in Black, by 21st Amendment Brewery. It's a black IPA, 6.8% alcohol by volume, 65 IBUs, American IPA brewed with rich dark malts. It's fucking delicious. Also, is this like the dude who's all like, the British are coming? Okay, right. It's Paul Revere. Yes, yes, yes. But I believe he said the Redcoats are coming, seeing as the colonists were themselves still British. Nobody nobody knows what the fuck. Um, what's crazy is... I would have dropped the microphone if it weren't, like, vital to this whole situation and also a pricey item. What's crazy is there was a dude who, like, rode way further and warned way more people than Paul Revere on that same night. But he just had a, a less developed public relations machine. So Paul Revere gets all the credit. And we just forget well, about that Well, because the other guys are just like, Oh, hey everybody, I'm, I know it's late. I'm sorry to bother you, but if you don't mind getting out of your beds and putting your boots on, the Redcoats are here and uh, we gotta go fight it. Whereas, like, Polly old boy was just like, The Redcoats are coming! And then got on his merry motherfucking way, not wasting anybody's time. You get more attention. You shorten Less is more. You know, you shorten your message and it can reach more people. That was some Malcolm Gladwell shit right there. I don't know who that was. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a New Yorker intellectual mm. philosopher and business psychologist. Oh, that's totally me. That sounds just like me. You're all about that business psychology. All about that biz. About that biz. No snoozing. That's a lie. I like snoozing more than all the biz. Oh, what the hell was I gonna say? Yeah, it's so strange that, like, the the outcome of a battle and perhaps the fate of an entire country rested on people waking up and getting and just picking up a gun. Like, that's not how wars are anymore. It's not like, wake up, it's time to do a war. Well, you see. Ready your weapons for a few hours and strap on your matching outfits. I was going to get into, like, deep conspiracy theory, but I just, like, can't pick one that I like the best. What brought you there? Because the change of the weapons climate. Oh. Why we even, like, have the nukes, man? Why we even got the fucking... You know, in in a foreign policy briefing, Donald Trump asked why America shouldn't use nuclear weapons three times. Yeah, I know. Because he didn't get it the first two times. I know. I don't think he got it the third time either. No. I don't think he understands that nuclear weapons will be the end of life on Earth. I don't think he understands a whole lot about anything. Yeah, his biographer said... So his biographer who wrote The Art of the Deal, which is a book attributed to Trump, but Trump had nothing to do with it, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the, the guy followed him around for, like, years and never saw Donald Trump pick up a book. Like, I think he he's basically, he's like a bratty child who was born into so much privilege that he never had to change any aspect of his behavior. Mm-hmm. So he stayed a bully, he stayed ADHD, he stayed, like, totally narcissistic, solipsistic. Like, it's it's the whole thing. It's almost, beauty to, it's almost beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect tragedy. This conversation is also putting me right into Snoozeville. I'm on a fast track to Snoozeville because I hate Donald Trump. 
Don't worry, we only have. Uh, oh can we skip God. the rest of the song? Yeah, we can. It's fucking fourteen minutes long. Yeah, me, I'm not enjoying this. Me, I'm not. Me, I hate another this another version of another version of the version truth of the with truth. the Kronos Quartet. Oh, those those strings are so moaning. I feel like he's trying to make a. Like, it's almost like a nod to the frail. Oh, absolutely. And also, it re it just, like... If I were watching, like, a Quay Brothers film, this would be awesome. But oh, I'm not. A what? Quay Brothers? Cohen Brothers? Yeah, if I were watching a Cohen Brothers film... Because I love Cohen Brothers films. Hang on, I'm getting into this. It's all those Cohen Brothers films in my mind. silent any longer. In all fairness, can you call this a remix? I don't know. Um, do me a favor and look up like the Coen Brothers films because I want to know how many of the big names I actually do like. So wait, which? what was the brothers that you were talking about? Well, we're not talking about them right now. Just okay, Coen Brothers. Coen-esque. The Joel and Ethan Cohen biography. No, absolutely not. By the way, I think there's something fucked up about brothers who work well enough to make all these goddamn movies together. I can't stand They're my brother. They're probably fucking each other. Just kidding. Um, okay. Okay. Raising Arizona. Okay, never saw it. Miller's Crossing, never saw it. Fargo. Lebowski. Liked it okay. Big Lebowski, hate it. Oh, brother, where art thou? Didn't see it. No country for old men. Liked it but bunches. Burn yeah. after reading. I dug it. Really? Yeah. I, I was, didn't know I'm the only person. Movie. I'm the only person in the world who liked it. I thought it was okay. I don't, like, I didn't buy it. And I only, like, I liked The Big Lebowski for a minute, but the dudes I know who love The Big Lebowski made me hate The Big Lebowski, so I hate it now. Fargo, good film. Took me three tries before I liked it. Enough to finish it, but I'm glad I did. I think we broke into a major key okay, right fine. here. pretty good stuff. It's good stuff. I just... Uh, Quay Brothers are... They do stop animation films. Quay. Q -U -A -Y. Oh, there they are. Oh, Christ. Do they do, like, the Tool music videos? No. I don't know what this specifically is. So is it like terrible little claymation things? Oh, is it, it's almost Nightmare Before... It's Burton-esque in a way. Uh, some of it. It changes up. To enter the impossible haunted night of a Coy Brothers film is to become complicit in one of the most perverse and obsessive acts of cinema. Mm -hmm. 
Mike sure. Atkinson, film comment. Um, I like Street of Crocodiles. Uh, they had one called Fuck Me. What was it called? Something artificial. So the thing is, it's in French, I think. It's in one of those goddamn European languages. This is very you. It is very me. Wow. Um, they participated in a movie called Piano Tuner of Dreams that I really liked. Oh, the comb. Chief Crocodiles. Yes. Wait. Quay, a short film by Christopher Nolan. Oh, wow, yeah, that's some fucked up shit. Yeah, it's pretty cute and creepy and weird. See, yeah, it's like little twisted figures. But they do a lot of that, like, broken violin sound. Oh, yeah, that's... There's nothing more French than that. Like the... Oh, here's a thing that we enjoy. Oh, yes, here we go. Put your face right on the table. That's how I feel it. Do you want to tell the fine folks your little key to jizz in your pants to this song? Oh, yeah. I just, I should put a link to the specific video, but right about here, I just started playing time-lapse photography of um, the Earth. Just, like, satellites zooming around the Earth, taking photos of, of our beautiful planet mm-hmm. as it goes from day to night. And as you can see, like, the little bubble of atmosphere that keeps all of us alive. You can see all the... Yeah, uh, for real, though. I like, know, it's, know, so, know, it's so little. Know, it's just know, a know, tiny know, little know. bubble. I know, I know, I know. And then you can see all the lights of all the major cities that you're zooming around. And, and then, yeah, like, the weird thing is it started to sync up with the song, as I think almost anything would. But, like, I don't know, big moments in the thing sync up with the song. Like, the sun would rise, and then it would, like, go into the chorus. That oh, was nuts. Uh. But it, it's pretty much the perfect accompaniment. Just just do yourself a favor. Google Earth time-lapse. I think everyone should watch that every once in a while, just to remind ourselves. How small and insignificant we are on this big, beautiful ball of fucking spinning gas. Or just like, everything's kind of okay in a way. <laughs> it's so sweet. I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. I love it. You're great. It's great. It's beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Not even You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Not a little bit. Just lift it up again. Couldn't help myself. I know, but we got to do more, more yapping on this here podcast. Oh, and the aurora borealis uh, and thunderstorms. Uh, it's too perfect. I know. I know, I know. I know. I know. It's it's like an overwhelming sensory experience. I know. Which is almost the same 
background graphics I saw when they did in this Twilight in the Stop! Stop! You need to take the word stop out of your vocabulary. Stop. I can't. You stop. What the fuck is this? Claire found an item on the desk. It's in Japanese, and it just says cat, because it's ripped. So it just says cat. And then it says four T. Like four, and then the letter T, and then it's ripped. We shop at Daiso a lot. Oh, it's a catalog holder. Got down to the bottom of that one real quick. Damn. You are Encyclopedia Brown. I incarnate. No, what I buy at Daiso. Oh, man. It's been a while since we've just been in this little studio space. Well. Just letting Nine Nails infiltrate our brains. Mm-hmm. So there's there's another song on this album. Don't worry. They weren't going to let it go on a perfect transcendental note. No, why would they do that? That would be awesome. At least it's not another 14-minute... <laughs> for fuck's like that, sake. That seems like cheating. If you're just going to let the metronome run for like three minutes of your song... Like, that's not Your song is not three minutes longer. I'm sorry. Anyway, this is your song. Is that the puking cat (laughs) remix? Stop! (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm capable of making very terrible songs. That was terrible. Speaking of a terrible thing, uh, there was a joke, probably the only joke I wrote ahead of time. Uh, So the warning was remixed by Stefan Goodchild, but -hmm. it features another artist. Doo doo, Nadaye Rose. And oh wait, Nadaye Rose. I like that doo doo. Two thirds, two thirds of that name is amazing. Doo doo, Nadaye Rose. N. One of those things. Apostrophe. Nadaye Rose. D i a y e. And so the warning that remix actually, interestingly, well, barely interestingly. It uh, it censors the line where they say "pissed it all away." Yeah. Which finally answers the age-old question: Is it possible to do do <laughs> and not piss? Yes, it is. Can we just stop the show right now? <laughs> Shame on on you. (laughs) I made a pun. Shame on you. My dirty little jokes. Shame on doo-doo. <laughs> Stop. Double dipped. Oh, my God. All ever were heroes of puns. <laughs> Stop it. Unstoppable. Put the mic down. Don't. Stop. It's a mic set down. 
Makes me think of air. Anyway, Mom, I'll have to call you back. I'm in the bathroom at work. Can't really talk right now. I love you too. I just want to mention that I would be off on Thursday, so if you wanted to go to dinner, we can dine together soon. If we can decide on a restaurant that Dad likes too. I think that's how Applebee's stays in business. Applebee's? Because dads, like dads you, everywhere when, are just when like, you have, oh. When you have relatives come and visit, and it's like, well, I don't know. What do you want to eat? It's like, Apple, no one can really raise an argument against Applebee's. Except that, except that it's Applebee's. My family is all about that sweet, sweet Red Lobster, man. Dang. Or that olive motherfucking garden. Uh, I would, go, I would go to sticks. either of those casual fine dining restaurants. It, eateries. Eateries. Because both of the free bread options are a choice, especially Red Lobster. Uh, are the cheddar biscuits infinite? or do you Yeah. Have to, they're infinite? They're infinite, dude. Is there a Red Lobster out here? Is there a 24-hour Red Lobster? No. That's insane. Is there a Red Lobster out here? Google that shit. Because it's the same company that does um, that one restaurant that we were kind of recently at. Uh, uh, There's a Red Lobster uh, at the Lakewood uh, Mall. Bitch! Fuck yeah. Maybe Wednesday we'll go, huh? Just get a big mess of cheddar biscuits for board game night. Oh my god. I don't think it's going to be board game night. I've been reading the messages that you've been getting in at the corner. and Not encouraging. Phil works. Fatima. Shout out to Phil and Fatima. They're not a couple. Phil works. Fatima has date night. D-d-d-date night! Ow, no, ow, ow, ow. You, you read that wrong. What was it? Draft night. Draft night! That's right. It was draft night. My vision from this here is... It's weird. All my... Draft night! My board game nerd friends. Like my anime nerd friends. My is it fantasy dun- football my, draft? Yeah, yeah, my Dungeons and Dragons oh, nerd fuck. friends. They're also fantasy football nerds. I've all... Every year I fucking miss a draft, they're, and then I it's have to beautiful. listen to my friends fucking be on a they're, team, and I'm They're on all a of team. the above. Yeah, because fantasy football is cool, man. It's fun. It is the it's, fir- a it's the thing fun. that made me learn football. It's yeah. Oh my god, the album's over. Oh god, we're done. Oh, but yeah, like when I was playing fantasy football, that's when I finally started asking questions like, why is a running back a different thing than a wide receiver? Okay, true. This is a true story, and I can, I can. Back up my truth claim with my friend Martin Hen in Madison, Wisconsin. Everybody find him. Don't find him. Um, he does comedy, though, so actually do find him. Go to one of his shows. He's funny. Um, he took me to my first ever football-watching party at somebody's house. Like, my first time ever watching football with the intent of watching football with other adults trying to watch football at the house of somebody I didn't know, and everybody was watching football. It was my first ever one. And, um, fuck, I'm already spacing on the funniest shit thing I, I said. One of the guys fucking face planted into the butt of the other guy. And I was like, <laughs> I said something about him being a tight end. I said, yeah, I was like, did that guy just face plant into a tight end? And I shit you not, the guy was a tight end. His position in the game was a tight end. This dude, like, tripped, and he face-planted his face into a tight end. 
I bet you the tight end probably had possession, and he was like trying to trying to throw a tackle, and I... then he just put his his face in the guy's butt. No, oh, the man. tight end was the one who got the face into the butt. It was the tight end's tight end that got a face into it. That's what I'm it. saying. The tight end was, he was yeah, he's probably making a making a rush. I was so excited. Dude, what like don't football start saying is, shit like making a rush. I don't know. Okay, it was probably a bubble screen. I watch a pistol formation. I watch football because when the Packers score a touchdown, you get free shots. That's how we do it in Wisconsin. That's the thing. That's how they bring people. Like, football is the most successful religion in America. Because, mm-hmm. like, they get you. Like, people will have like people will put up. Your average American might have like a Christ on the cross in their home, right? But then, how many fucking football jerseys do they have? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how many how many bits of idiotic memorabilia sorry how many bits of priceless memorabilia those fighting words yeah sorry about that um man but no like uh it's a pretty cool way to see people in spandex headbutt each other's butts in slow motion Mm -hmm. it's good stuff all right yep that just about does it for this week Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, as always, find us on Twitter at Trent Talk Pod. Send us your how much angst. Mm-hmm. We would just, we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, the hashtag how much angst. Uh, Gmail us at uh, trenttalkpod at gmail.com. Facebook us at facebook.com slash trenttalkpod. And really, when you get down to it, it's, it's all about the resonance. Like, without you guys, this would not be an experience I would relish every week. But, yeah. But like getting the response that we've gotten has been great uh, i love hearing from you so keep it going keep it going keep it coming keep it doing uh rate and review us on itunes five stars five stars are the only stars that matter we don't care about any other stars five stars five stars i mean we'll take fans of all stars and stripes but, but five, five stars, stars only in our review section yep it's all right all right that's it nine inch nailed it all right good up yeah, I was feeling a little bit sleepy. I hope it sounds okay. Oh, you were fine. You're always fine. <laughs> That's good. You mean all those football butts didn't wake you up? Ugh, seriously? What's going on? Uh, my old laptop. The hologram stopped, and now there's this weird blinking number. Blinking number. Yeah, two long numbers with a decimal in each. I don't. I don't know. Well, let's take a look at it. It's three four point zero zero nine one. I guess it's not pi. <laughs> so we could Google it. Do you think this is another part of the USB drive and hologram thing? Or are they trying to t- tell us something? According to Google, these numbers are the longitude and latitude for a spot in China. Why would it direct us? Oh, <laughs> hold on. The next link is a place to find great Pokemon stops. We are not going to China to catch Pokemon. Well, obviously. But if you put a north and west in there, it's the longitude and latitude of Santa Monica. Uh, Claire? Yeah? The number, it, it stopped. Huh. It's, it's not blinking anymore. It's, it's a countdown now. Oh, holy shit. I guess we're going to Santa Monica?
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.